Video is a sermon in itself, is it not? The word that we're going to talk about this morning scares us, it frightens us, it challenges us, it pushes us out of a comfort zone, and some of you right now recognize that video, and in your minds you're going, switch off. I don't want to hear about it, I don't want to see it, I don't want to look at it, I don't want to read about it, I don't want to hear about it from some 34-year-old kid. Forgiveness is real. But I want to give you a warning. Forgiveness is not something that we do naturally. Hear me. It's not something that we do naturally. See, ourselves, our bodies, we want to seek revenge, get even. We want to do what ourself wants. When we're commanded by the New Testament to forgive, Jesus tells us, you should forgive because I've forgiven you. And we don't like to hear that. We don't. It's not something that we naturally do. It's not like blinking or breathing, something that we can do on our own. Just, we do it. Forgiveness is not something that just comes skipping along in your life and you say, hey, let's go and we forgive everybody that's ever hurt us. I'm being very sarcastic with that, but what I'm saying is this. It's not something that you or I do naturally. It's something that we do supernaturally through the help of our Father in heaven, and that's it. That's it. Why do we do it? And you heard, you heard Matthew West sing that song, Forgiveness, really popular song on the radio. But did you hear what the, one of the last things that he says? It can set the prisoner free. Now, oftentimes we think, in that video, we think the prisoner is the man that committed the crime that's behind the bars. But in the story, he said, Renee, the mom of the daughter that got killed, felt like she was the one in prison because she couldn't get over this. Listen, there's things in our life that we think that we can't get over. They hurt me too bad. They cut me too deep. That was too raw. I didn't like that. You have no idea what they did to me. Life isn't fair. You are not, you've heard this from me before, you are not responsible for 100% of the things that happen to you. But you are commanded as a believer by the Bible to be responsible for 100% of the ways that you react. See, Jesus gives us the greatest example in the New Testament of how to act, how to forgive. Forgive the unforgivable. The prisoner that it frees is you. Some of these words are going to be hard to chew. I want to pray for us before we get started. Just bow your heads with me. God, we thank you so much for today. Help us focus, God, on a story that Jesus teaches his followers in the New Testament this morning about forgiveness, about things that people have done to us that we can let go. Because when we let go, we step out of prison. I pray this morning, God, that you move in people's lives and you begin to set people free. Sometimes, God, in a group this big, maybe from years of feeling like they were trapped, and they couldn't get over it. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to be in Matthew the 18th chapter, and don't show it on the screen yet, but on, in the 18th chapter, so you got some time, first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 18, we're going to begin in verse 21, but I want to go back to that video a little bit. Matthew West says this in that video, God has done the impossible by forgiving us. Impossible thing by forgiving us. He, being God, sent his own son, Jesus, to this earth to die on purpose for you and for me. And a lot of times, I think what we do is we, we get comfortable in church. We hear what the Bible says. We hear what the preacher says. We hear what our friends say or Bible study says. And, and our quickest answer is, well, God will forgive me because he sent his son to the earth and he died for me and, and that's it. What I don't think that we do is I don't think that we concentrate on the magnitude of what we've been forgiven I, for one, have a pile. 
watch this, had a pile of stuff, of junk, of bad relationships. The way that I acted was wrong. The way that my, just everything was negative. It was sinful. But the magnitude of that sin cannot compare to the forgiving power of God. And that is worth getting on top of your chairs and shouting. Okay, don't, please don't. Please don't, I don't want anybody to fall. But forgiveness can free the prisoner. Oftentimes, the prisoner is you. It's not the person that said those words to you. Because to them, it could have been an act of passing. They could have said that. Maybe they were being sarcastic. You took it to heart, and it's trapping you. It's trapping you. You can't get out. I teach driver's ed at school. And I go over the importance and the magnitude of the zero tolerance law and all these laws in Illinois. And I joke with them. And I try to put this in a manner where they, where they can connect with it. And I said, if you get in trouble for speeding in, in excess of such and such above the speed limit, they take you to jail. <laughs> and even if you're really nice and you're really sorry and you really ask nicely, they don't let you out. Okay, you can't be in jail and go, uh, hey, would you please let me out now? Hey, okay, sure. No, it doesn't happen. Why is forgiveness so hard? Some of you already, that, that, that thinking is like, I don't want to forgive, I don't want to forgive, I don't want to forgive. You have no idea what that person has done to me. Why is forgiveness so hard? Why do we sit there and we think, holy cow, this is so hard because of this. Our human nature, is, it is not a natural movement to forgive someone. The world says this. Somebody keys your car, you key their car. Somebody takes the valve stems out of your tires where they won't hold air, you take the valve stems out of their car. You don't think this is true. When you were in high school, some of you still do. I would probably have to be in this category. But if somebody TPs your house, you TP theirs. And with more toilet paper. Sometimes you gather the toilet paper out of the trees that they gave you in garbage bags and you have your own rolls with you and you take it and you give them all the toilet paper. I'm going to bless you with all of this. See this, it's not a natural thing. The world says get even immediately. Boom. Somebody says something sharp to you. You think in your head, what is the meanest, sharpest thing I can say back? I'm not lying. How do I know that? It goes through my mind. See, forgiveness is not natural. Forgiveness happens supernaturally. Supernaturally. Okay. Something in you has to be ready to give that. If you're with me, Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter. That could be a sermon in itself. Peter was a lot like some of us. <laughs> Peter was like the leading scorer on the quiz ball team. If Peter was asked a question, boom, and just shout out the answer. Oftentimes, Jesus said, uh, no. <laughs> but watch this. Peter is, Peter is going to be a huge, huge player in this. Then Peter came to him as Jesus and, and asked this, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Now, that's the way that I read it. I don't think that's the way that he asked it, and I'll tell you this why. I'll tell you this reason. I think that Peter, talking to the other disciples, he goes, hey, watch this. I'm going to go ask Jesus a question. I know he's going to know the answer, but I'm going to go ask him a question anyway. He goes, hey, Jesus, say, something, say somebody does something against me. How often should I forgive him? Seven times? See, there, there's a big purpose to the number seven. Because the rabbis of the Jewish law taught that people who are believers, who are followers of God, should, should forgive someone three times. So in a sense, Peter, I wasn't there, but the way that I can read this, it's like reading a text message. You ever read, read a text message wrong? Ooh. It's like, it's like this. We see this scripture. We don't know how he said it. But very, very honestly, Peter could be jumping out of, jumping over that and saying, uh, Hey, seven times. Now watch this. It's over two times the necessary amount that he should forgive them. 
he's thinking he's doing something that's just hyper-intelligent. So he says, Lord, how often should I forgive somebody who sins against me? Seven times? Yeah, that's more than two times the regular amount. How many is enough? He was looking for a number. Now, what? He was being very, very legalistic. Somebody may have hurt Peter. Somebody may have hurt you. Do you find yourself going, God, how many times? Please, exactly. (laughs) I feel like I just keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving this person. How many times till I'm done? How many times till I'm done? Peter, Peter was looking for an end. I would imagine... Peter, the other disciples, Jesus, they probably caught some pretty sharp words. Maybe like we catch. Peter was looking for an end. It, Jesus, is there, is there a number? Is it, is it 14? 13? 12? 7? Peter used the number seven because he knew of the number of se- the number seven represented something that was complete, something that's whole, something that he had been taught. If you have an NIV translation this morning, it doesn't say seven times; it probably says seventy-seven times, or some some translations say seventy times, seventy times. Okay, Jesus is not talking about seven times; he's not talking about four hundred and ninety times. He's not talking about 77 times. He goes on in verse 22 to explain this. Jesus says this. No, not seven times, Jesus said, but 70 times seven. Now, he is not being legalistic. Peter was trying. Jesus is not trying. He mentions the number seven two times. We're not talking about a physical 490 times. Do you think you've ever forgiven somebody 490 times? Do you know how many times that is? That's more than one time a day. That's like roughly a year and a third. That's a lot. Jesus is insisting this. When he says 70 times 7, he is insisting that people who are truly repentant should be forgiven no matter how many times they ask. You, in your mind, right now, are thinking this. They don't deserve that. They don't deserve me to forgive them. Some of you are now thinking, how is Matt a mind reader? I am not. I prepared the sermon. (laughs) Knock, knock. Who's there? I'm also human. I have people that have hurt me. We do not like this. Jesus says, whenever somebody is truly repentant and sorry, they come back to you and they ask for forgiveness, you should do it. We do not like this. Is anybody like that? Maybe I'm the only one. (laughs) I'm not a fan. Because myself gets in the way. Forgiving someone is not a natural thing. Our sinful nature yearns to get even and seek revenge. You see this. You've seen this at work. You've seen this in church. You've seen this when you're playing. You, you've seen this. Our self gets in the way. If you have your worship hand out, it's this yellow piece of paper. I'm sorry, it's green today. <clears throat> green piece of paper, if you open it up right here, you're going to have some blanks that we're going to fill in throughout the sermon. Maybe you can read this. Go back. Maybe... I reread these things. Whenever, whenever Mike was giving the sermons, I would reread these things and, and other things would pop out. I would, I would be writing a side note on one of these things and it would, I'm like, man, I'd go through that during the week. So if you have your worship handout, open it up, grab a pen. We're going to go there. It says, we who are followers of Jesus should offer unlimited forgiveness. <laughs> You're not liking this again. Listen. Unlimited. It's a term that I wish all cell phone companies knew. No amens for that. Well, you know. Unlimited. Sometimes I think Verizon, their, their term unlimited stops at like three gigs. 
Some of you don't have cell phones or you don't understand that. But it's, we who are followers of Jesus should offer unlimited forgiveness. This is what he's telling Peter. It's not 490 times, it's not 77, and it's not 7. It's however many times they come to you. Now watch this. It's however many times they come up in your head. God, I've forgiven that person. Satan, Satan wants to bring that up. Hey, you remember when this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. God, I forgive that person. I'm moving on. Now you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to think that I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, this is something that I've done every 30 seconds of a day. This is something that I've done every minute, every hour, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly. Sometimes it hasn't been a year, and Satan throws that back. You remember what they did to you? God, I've already forgiven that person. I've already forgiven that person. That's what it means. You can't let, a, you can't let something that you've already forgiven affect now. Because that gets in the way. Here's where the problem begins. Unlimited. In your mind, you're thinking, Matt, you have no idea what someone or some people have done to me. You have no idea how they've hurt me. You have no idea about the pain that I've went through. You have no idea the pain they've caused in my life. That's what you're thinking. And I'm here to tell you this. You're exactly right. Because I don't know very many of you that intimately. But I can tell you this. I don't know all of your hurts. But I know how I've been hurt. And I would probably guess if we sat down and we talked about it, our hurts probably may match up a little bit. I've been hurt very many, very many, many times. And I've been hurt very badly. I've been wronged, much like you have. I've needed to ask for forgiveness, like you have. I've had to offer my forgiveness. Watch. Not because... Not because I wanted to. Hear me. Not because I wanted to. Because I'm supposed to. And that's tough. Matt, there's no way. There's no way that you understand there's no, there's no way that you understand the hurt that I've had in my life. Please listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. I grew up with a pastor. Just a, a godly man. He was very influential in my life from a very young age. To within the last 10, those middle ages of my life, he was very, very, very huge spiritually in my life. Big. He, he taught me a lot about the Bible. He taught me how to relate with people. If you're trying to guess the name of this pastor, you're not going to. You don't know him. Because some of you, that's what you're playing right now. Oh, I wonder who that is. Listen. This, this person put into my life, he poured into my life, wherever I would move, wherever I would go, whether to college, whether to a different church, or whatever I would do, he would, he would contact me, email me, call me, hey, I want you to let you know I'm praying for you, I want to let you know I'm praying for you. And there was a time in my life where something gigantically huge and awesome was happening. It was absolutely incredible. I was on... If there, was nine, if there was cloud nine, I was on like cloud 13. And I called him. And I said, man, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. And this is happening. I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe what God is doing in my life. And that pastor had just went through something that was very, very painful to him. And for the next 20 to 25 minutes, the only thing that he had to say with me was negative. It was hurtful. I heard things like, Matt, you're only going there to better yourself. 
You're only doing this to better yourself. You're only doing this to better yourself. I had no idea until much later what he was going through. But for the next 20 to 25 minutes, he completely devastated and wrecked anything that we had ever built. It was hard to listen to. I'm trying to reason and justify it. Hey, but, I, but I've sought God in this. I've, I've done this. I've done this. I'm getting ready to, we get to see this and we get to do this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm reminded of a term that hurting people hurt people. There came a time in my life, not the next day, not the next week, that I had to offer my forgiveness to him. And many months later, I saw him in person. I hadn't seen him in a long time. And out of his mouth came absolutely nothing that that conversation had ever happened. I was expecting, hey, I was really in a bad spot when I talked to you. I'm sorry. Wasn't there. But when it came my turn to talk, I said, what you said hurt me very, very much. But I want to let you know that I know stuff now that I didn't know then. And I knew you were hurting. And I just want to tell you that I forgive you. And still there was no, there's no apology. He was, he was stuck to his guns about what he had thought. But I asked God to let me let go of that. And that was deep. Often the, the, the people that are closest to us, they may not have the biggest knives, but they know exactly where to put it. And he knew. Jesus tells us a story about offering forgiveness. Now, he tells a story because of this. He tells stories because the people then and the people now today in church, we remember stories. Many of you could tell me what happened to Humpty Dumpty when he fell off the wall. Some of you could tell me the key characters in the Chronicles of Narnia. Some of you could tell me who Legolas is in the Lord of the Rings movies. See, we remember stories. We remember these things. So Jesus goes on in verse 23. If you're, if you're there in your Bible, chapter 18, verse 23, we're going to go on. It says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. He is reconciling his checkbook. Okay, the king, a lot of money. Servants, not so much. So they would come to him. They would ask him for loans. He would loan out money. He was keeping a track of who owed him what. Now, in the biblical times, if you owed money to the king and you could not pay it back by the time he said to pay it back, Alice in Wonderland, off with his head. It's punishable by death. Punishable by death if you owed money. He was reconciling his checkbook. Again, A plug for Connect Group. If you talk about reconciling and how God reconciles us, Connect Group, last month, we hammered it. It was awesome. Verse 24. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. I studied this. It's a huge amount of money. Here's what it means. There's no physical way this dude can pay it back in his lifetime. No way. Not not on what he made. No way. Impossible. Millions. It was an incredible amount of money. He goes on in verse 25. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. Now, this is him getting off better. Okay? We're not going to kill you because, quite frankly, you can't sell, you know, dead people aren't good servants. Okay, so we're going to sell you into slavery, and whatever money I can get back from you and your family, and we'll just consider that even, you can just go on. When Jesus is talking about this, he's referring to the debt that we could never pay. You and I can live this entire life 
and do extraordinary things. You could lead more people to Christ than Billy Graham. But if you do not accept the forgiveness that God has for you, it is for absolutely nothing. While preparing this, I heard this song this week actually. Here I Am to Worship came on the radio. Familiar song to some of us. And it says this, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. We're going back to how much it mattered. Okay, I think that we just overlook this forgiveness that God gives us. It's a mountain. It's not payable. You do not have the means. You do not have the checkbook. You do not have the car. You do not have the house to pay for that. You don't. We overlook this so often. What we must understand about forgiving, when we were forgiven, if you can accept what God has forgiven you for, accept him into your life, be forgiven. Now watch. There was a payment. It cost God to forgive you. It cost him. Oh, yeah. You know, God's got all the money in the world. He's got streets of gold. Listen, streets of gold mean absolutely nothing to God. (laughs) Except we experience gold as a precious metal. In heaven, it's pavement. That's about how much it is. That's about how much it's worth for him. We walk on that. We walk on this. It costs God to forgive us. When you and I seek to forgive, it's going to cost us. I don't like that. Some of you in your head, I don't like that. Mm-mm, no way. I'm not into this. I don't do this. You have no idea, Matt, what they've done to me. It's hard. It's hurt. It hurts. It's fresh. The wound is open. And when they had that wound open, it's like they took a five-gallon bucket of salt and poured in it. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. It costs us when we forgive. It costs us our time. Oh, we don't like that. It costs us convenience. Well, they could meet whenever I could meet. Okay, well, they just can't, so it's not going to be convenient. It costs us a shot to our ego when we have to forgive. It costs us a shot to our pride when we have to forgive. And sometimes, in order to forgive, we have to bring up, when we talk about that, those old feelings of hurt. And it costs us. It costs us. I want you to remember something. Remember something with me. Do you remember what it felt like when we needed forgiveness? Do you remember that? Do you remember when it felt like you were so absent from the presence of God that you had to get back right with him? Do you remember what that felt like? We need to remember where we were so that we can help others because that's probably where they are. It's what they're feeling. Do you remember what it was like when you received God's forgiveness? When you used a church word, when you got saved, when you started your relationship with Christ? Do you remember that? I was seven. Seven. It was 27 years ago. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember running upstairs and grabbing my mom who was doing dishes and I was yelling all the way up the stairs from the basement, Mom, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. The only thing she said is she turned around and said, What are you and your sister fighting about? Again. I said, maybe for the first time in my life, it wasn't Jennifer. Mom, I was playing a game with Jennifer. I understood I, under, I understand. I understand. I need God in my life. I am a sinner. It separates me from God. And my mom grabbed my hand, probably scared out of her mind that she didn't do it right. And we went to the couch and she said, you need to tell God how, how sorry you are. And she led me through a prayer that was just words, but God saw my heart. And three days later, I was baptized. But I remember what that feels like. Holy cow. It was just a burning, just a, ugh, an empty, gut-wrenching. 
It's worse than if you kick your steel bed frame in the middle of the night. It's worse than that. And that's one of the worst pains on earth, I think. It's just this, ugh, you can't get over it. Feelings of helplessness, pain, discouragement. He goes on in verse 26. This guy couldn't pay the debt, so 26. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Please. Please, please. Don't sell my family. He's got more to lose than just his life. He's got a family. Don't sell me. Please, please. He's begging. Verse 27, he goes on. Then the master was filled with pity, and he released him, and he forgave his debt. Millions of dollars. Millions. Just. It's kind of like when you ask God to set you free and forgive you from your junk, right? It's priceless. What if someone walked up to you right now, right now, and they knew exactly in your head that you had $35,463 worth of debt, and they did this, and they handed you a check for your entire debt? I doubt very many of you would be like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Some of us run right to the new car dealership to get a brand new car and forget about the debt. I'm like, pay off your debt. Now, if somebody came to you and said your house is paid for, every, every single penny that you owe in your house is paid for, every single, every single bill you have for the rest of your life is paid for, your water, your sewer, your garbage, your recycling that they got us with, all this stuff, paid for, done. What would that feel like to you? See, some of us, financial, financial has us trapped. I mean, it's, it's like I can't see up. Some of us, that would be huge. What would you do? When Jesus came down to die on the cross, our debt was paid in full. You cannot invent, you cannot invent a new sin that Jesus Christ did not die for on the cross. Can't happen. The Bible says that there are no new sins. You can't do it. He died once. That was enough. God raised him from the dead. And Andy Stanley's words said, you killed him, Jesus died, God raised him, Apologize. That's what Andy Stanley says. You just need to apologize. What about all the sin, all the lying, all the harmful things we've done? Done. It's paid for. But oftentimes, it's too easy to lose sight of the fact that we've been in that situation before. It's been too long. We don't practice forgiveness enough to realize what it's like to need forgiveness. In verse 28, there is no time lapse at all. 27 goes right into 28. It says this, but when the man left the king, instantly, instantly, he had just been forgiven of everything. And instantly, he said, but when he left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand. Let me tell you something. If you give me a million bucks, let's practice this. You give me a million dollars, and anybody that owes me money, I won't, I'll just forgive them. Let's just practice this game. If anybody has that, please see me after church. I'll be over here. I'm wearing the black connection shirt. Find me over here. But when the man left, instantly, he had just been forgiven this mountainous amount of debt. Instantly, he goes to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Watch this. He said, hey, dude, can I have my money back? No. It's like Grand Theft Auto, the video game. He's like bringing out a bat on this guy. He said, look, look what he does. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. He doesn't say, hey, have you thought about that money? 
No, he grabs the guy by the throat, okay? He's going to choke it out of him. The man instantly, do you see how fast we can forget this? We can forget what God has done that fast. He instantly forgot what he had just been given and now is demanding payment from someone who owes him a fraction of what he's been forgiven of. He goes on to verse 29. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay for it, he pleaded. No. Literally, moments before, he's doing the same thing in front of a king. Don't sell me. Don't sell my family. Please, please, please be patient. I'll pay it. I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. And this guy goes to the servant. He grabs him by the throat. The servant falls on the ground. He says, hey, please, please, please have mercy on me. I need compassion. It's been one of those weeks. You know how it feels to be this, this dude? It's been one of those weeks. All my bills come due at the same time. Well, I didn't know I was going to have to replace tires this week. They want to charge what for our water bill? We've been there. He goes on in verse 30. Too often this is us. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the full debt could be paid. You and I don't send people to prison. Physically. But emotionally and spiritually, I can't forgive you of that. Get away from me. You've hurt my family too bad. Get away from me. You've caused me too much pain. Get away from me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear you're sorry. I don't want to hear it. And we send these people to this emotional and phys- this, this emotional and spiritual state of imprisonment. When maybe that morning, we had said, God, you know, I really messed up last night. I'm sorry. And then we go. And because it's not a natural mo- motion for us, we so easily can get tossed back into our ways and we just want to grab the throat of these people and just send them away. You hurt me too bad. I'm not, ha- I'm not, I'm not doing it. This man, like us, has his own agenda. He's got his own plan. He's going to do what he wants when he wants right now. That's it. That's it. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Somebody needs to talk to this dude. Maybe somebody needs to talk to me or you. Is this us sometimes? He won't wait for it. Are we guilty of forgetting what we've been forgiven of? Do we forget what that feeling is? Paul tells us this in the fourth chapter of Ephesians. Just look on the screen. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus here. He's helped this church. He's helped start this church, or he's preached at this church. And he sends this letter back to the church. He says, hey, I heard about this. I heard about you two fighting. (laughs) My mom, I, w- I would call my mom at work. And see, the arguments don't always stop. If, if me and Jennifer called mom, the arguments really didn't stop. I would just mute the phone so mom couldn't hear it. And I'd be like, Jennifer, just get away. Hi, mom. I still don't know how moms do that. Stephen Matthew Griswold, you get in your room. Phone rings. Hello? What? How is this possible? But Paul writes, he says, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. He has heard about these, the way these people are acting. My mom, through the phone, heard the way me and my sister were acting. There are people here in this church that have been forgiven of so much. So much. If I ask you to write down the lists of what you've been forgiven of, I myself included, along with some of you, wouldn't leave this church for a long time. Yet sometimes we seek to not think about that. We have our own agenda. It's all about me. 
We suffer from selfishness and pride. And Paul is teaching these people. He's, he, he's mentoring them from a distance. I can't imagine what was going through his mind because how much he loved these people. He said, listen, when you, when you fight, forgive somebody. If you don't forgive them, it's going to divide you. He's talking to a brand new baby church. Brand new. And Paul says, quit. <laughs> forgive them and get over it. Remember what it was like when, just as God through Christ has forgiven you, remember, remember. The people that should show the example of how it, what it means to get over something are those who have the relationship with Christ. It's the believers. It's the people that are saved. Those are the people that should, I forgive you. Forgiveness is hard because it's not natural. But because we were forgiven supernaturally, we can forgive supernaturally and not hold anything. I told that guy I was, I forgave him. He never said he was sorry. Never. Not one time. But it's okay. Well, no, it's not, Matt. No, no, it's not. You need to hang on to that. That's what sometimes we think. God said, let it go. And I would be studying my Bible when that was going on, and it would come across my mind. God would speak to me. He's like, you really seriously probably don't have any idea what he's going through. Okay, God, I forgive him. And it'd come up a week later. You know what? That really hurt me. You know what? God, I'm sorry. I forgive him. And it'd come up a, a month later. Until finally, it kind of goes away. If it comes up, forgive him again. If you want to be happy, if I ask you, if I could give you a pill or, or you could get a shot, and for the rest of your life you'd be happy, every single one of us would take it. We don't like to be sad. We don't like to hurt. If you want to be happy, if you want to have good relationships, listen, if you have relationships, you're going to have some that are good, and you're going to have some that are bad, and some that need a lot of work. Just the way that it is. It's the way that we work. Look at the worship handout with me. The next set of blanks. Forgiveness or forgiving others is something that is necessary for healthy relationships. Again, some of you are thinking in your head that light switch is already off. And you say, Matt, you have no clue. You can't stand up there and say that. It's necessary for healthy relationships. I didn't say it. Jesus did. It's important. It's necessary. Practice forgiveness and see for yourself. He goes on in verse 31. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. Now, the servants, listen, the dude just got forgiven from the king. He runs back out into the field because he was a servant too. And he went and grabbed that dude by the throat and he said, pay my money. Some of the other servants saw this. They were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Verse 32. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant. You have been forgiven of so much. And how quickly did you just forget what you've been forgiven of? How quickly can we forget? I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. The king had shown mercy. The man had not. The king had forgiven. The man didn't. The king gave compassion. The man did not. He goes on in verse 33. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Now, the guy comes back into the presence of the king. The king. And the king asked him this question before sentencing him. He said, shouldn't you have forgiven him after I've forgiven you? Can you imagine how loud those words probably rang in his head? He 
34. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. No compassion, but judgment. Jesus is using this to give us an analogy of people that reject him are sentenced to a life of torture, a separation in a very real place called hell. Very real. The man that owned that owed the king money was now receiving the punishment. See, that great big pile of stuff that we have in our life, that's called sin. And sin requires a payment. This guy was having to pay by being separated. There's a story. Not accepting. 1835. Jesus says, that's what my heavenly father will do if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now, We don't like to hear Jesus say this. This is sharp, this is pointed, and this has teeth. This is one of those verses they call the hard sayings of Jesus. Things that we should do that we don't understand. It says, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Jesus doesn't tell us this to scare us. He's not in the business of scaring you. See, Jesus didn't have followers that followed him all over the countryside because he would scare them into following him. He loved them into following him. He showed them forgiveness and grace and mercy. And then they came. There was no judgment of Jesus. He taught. He is simply telling us, Jesus is telling this, you have been forgiven of so much. Now you forgive those who have hurt you. Some of you still are like, I don't, there is no way. I can't forgive my mom and dad for that. I can't forgive them of this. I can't forgive them for this. If we realize how much Christ has forgiven us, watch. It should produce an attitude of gratitude in your life. If you can remember what it was like to have God forgive you of that stuff, you should be able to have an attitude of forgiveness towards somebody that's hurt you. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. Look at the last thing on your worship hand down. Because we have been forgiven, we should forgive others. Because we have been forgiven, we should forgive others. I understand what hurt and pain is. I get it. I know what it feels like right here. I know what it feels like here or here. I understand what it feels like to forgive someone that you may not want to. Oh. I understand what it feels like to forgive somebody that I don't necessarily want to because I don't think they deserve it. Because what they did was very, very bad to me. Forgiveness is necessary so that that we can show the love of Christ. It is necessary to provide healthy relationships. Big question I ask you today is have you ever asked God to forgive you? Some of you are sitting there. I had, I had family members just like you, and they said, they would tell me, Matt, there is no way that God could possibly forgive me if, they, if, if he knows everything that I've done. I said, it's too late. He already knows everything that you've done, so why don't you just tell him you're sorry? But they couldn't accept, they couldn't, they couldn't accept that God had paid for it. Some people have a big time trouble with that. Have you ever asked God to forgive you? Have you turned your life over to him and become a believer? Now, we use these terms like believer and saved and you have a relationship with God. All that means, have you asked God to come into your life and to have a relationship with him? To try to do what he wants. That's all it means. To live your life for him. See, God is ready to forgive you. This is an action that we need to be ready to do. Watch. I could go home, or right now, or in that room, or out there, and I could recognize something that I did. 
God, that was not of you. That thought was not of you, and I'm sorry. Gone. See, God, God waits. <laughs> he waits to forgive his kids. He has his arms wide open. Say, come on. Come on. Tell me. Instant. We should walk around with an attitude like that. God is ready, so should we. We should be ready to forgive others. We close in a word of prayer and we're dismissed. God, we thank you. <laughs> oh, this word is hard. God, it's so not natural for us. God, I just ask you that this week, whenever we come in contact with somebody in our life that's maybe we've, we've had a bad relationship with, God, maybe they've hurt us. Maybe we've hurt them. I just ask, God, that you work in these lives of these people and in my own life, God, that whenever I see somebody that needs forgiven or needs, I need to forgive them, God, allow us to be ready like you are with us. Allow us to remember forgiveness is necessary. Allow us to remember what it feels like to need to be forgiven. And let's not act like this vengeful, vengeful servant that was forgiven and then demanded more. God, let us seek you. Because we can't do it naturally. We need your help. We just ask for supernatural power this week, God, to forgive. No matter how deep. In your name we pray. Amen.